crash, crash symbol. Crash That's right, huh? We're back, huh? Talking pop culture. Spider on Pod, the... Spider Pod, does Todd. whatever Disney Plus gods cast. Wow, break it down, yo. Uh. Talking vampires uh. on the weekend. Uh. Talking uh. Uh, down with democracy and imperialism. Subscribe to We Bought a Mic Plus. Talking Yo, um, unfortunate circumstances. Hello. Yo, was, I like Disney. That was, I like me Disney talking about, that was me talking about the Nightingale. So oh. You're just, you're insensitive. I wouldn't even know. Okay. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Hey. What it do? Welcome. What's happening? It's raining. Mm. We might get cut off Hopefully this from a thunderstorm. Will we lose, like, the... The will it stop recording if we get cut off? The computer will stay on, yeah, but the mixer will not. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's just speed run. Let's let's talk like <laughs> at double speed, and then for the listener, just slow it down. Let's just yell speed. really loudly, and we'll just record straight into your computer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, it's it's an exciting time. We're on fire. It's a big, the lightning is about to set us on fire. It is a big news week. Dude, for for yes. content for we bought a mic, a show where every week we talk about mm-hmm. corporate drama. Yeah, we take sides when it, both sides are horrible. Yeah. I'm Ernest. I I'm Hunter. Ernest, are you not going to do your plug? Your, your oh slogan? shit, what was it? Um, a an entertainment talk show with a healthy dose of <laughs> that's <new>. fun banter <laughs> that's and uh. In- intricate analytical Whoa. analysis. That was all new. There's, there's a lot of words, <laughs> new words that you, you never, you've never said intricate once on this whole podcast. <laughs> well, we're getting intricate. We are. It's getting, it's getting complicated this week. Uh, You're Drew. So what are we way. starting with? Uh, Matrix. Yeah. So all these news that I want to talk about. So many news. Mm-hmm. News I. Um. It's a lot, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because we have uh, uh, catch-up to get to. So, first thing, Matrix 4, it's happening. Uh, Lana Wachowski, back. Keanu, back. The other Wachowski, not back. Yep. Yeah. Interestingly sh- enough. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how that pans out. The The thing is, is like the Wachowskis, they haven't really made a good movie in a while. Because, you know, we had Jupiter Ascending, we had Cloud Atlas, Jupiter Ascending. we had Speed Racer, and People, all those movies, they have their fans. They have stands. Yeah. They have big time stands. Uh, Jupiter Ascending has stands? Yeah. When was the last time you got in a Jupiter Ascending conversation? I don't know. Something? No one will talk about it with me. <laughs> People love how weird that movie is. Uh, one of my friends' favorite movie of all time is Speed Racer. I mean, Speed Racer. Let's have is... him on the pod. Hey. <laughs> it's, it's Kenny. Who is that? It's, it's fucking it's Kenny. Kenny. <laughs> that makes sense. Shout out Kenny's. Anyway, so Matrix Four <laughs> happening. Matrix 4 is it's going to be a, a fun time, I'm sure. Um, I mean, the the Matrix sequels are not as good as the first one. Yeah, and but they they did get Keanu Man. How many people like younger people are going to be like, oh my god, they got John Wick? Yeah, <laughs> plenty, like, plenty of people. It's, dude. Um, I did. You know, I don't even. T- I didn't even talk about it on the pod, but I did see Matrix Reloaded. Uh, recently no it was like in like oh, okay. 2017 
because uh, if you remember, like Ep One was me talking about the Matrix because I hadn't yeah. seen it. Matrix Reloaded. I did not like. Did not like that movie. And uh, then Revolutions is the third. See, it seemed like it, they. It seemed like a meme based on the yeah. first one. Like it was an impression of it, but it was made by the same people with like triple the budget. Like mm-hmm. how did they fuck that up? My uh my take on it. I mean, the first Matrix. It came out twenty years ago. Came out nineteen ninety nine. I mean, that's a great movie. It has plenty of flaws, but it's very visionary. I haven't seen it since I was, like, in middle school, but I actually enjoyed Matrix Reload because it's just very action-heavy. It Can't... won four Oscars, which is... what What is wild? One thing I learned from all those, like, VFX artists react to videos mm-hmm. is the uh, stunt and effects budget was, like, infinitely higher, like, exponentially higher for the second movie. And the stunts and effects are way worse, <laughs> um, which I've, I've talked about this before, that sometimes when you get more money to fuck with, it, yeah. it means there are more things you can mess up. It's uh, the blank check idea that you mm-hmm. just you get too much money and you just get too ambitious. Yeah. I am seeing The Matrix in theaters this week for its 20th anniversary. They're bringing it back yeah. to the big screen. So I'm excited to see that. I haven't seen it in a, in a minute. It's a it's a fun watch. It's a you know, it's a cornball movie. Yeah, but it's very fun. Also, are Carrie and Moss and Lawrence Fishburne coming back? They don't No, Carrie and Moss is back. But okay. Fishburne, I don't think so. Pro- probably no Hugo Weaving either. Um. I, yeah, what has Hugo even got going on? Other than just like popping up in Endgame. He's like, like hey, I'm, I'm playing a, a dead body on even, NCIS this week. <laughs> I can't was, do your That movie. wasn't even him. That was his character played by a different actor. Yeah, it wasn't even Hugo it wasn't even him. Yeah. Anyway, fun fun times for, for Keanu yeah. fans. Hesitantly it's the Keanu excited. Sons. Gonna watch it. Yeah. For I the mean, pod. it's an interesting case study in like the whole mining for IP thing. You know, and and what they can do with something like this in the 21st century, because if you go back and watch the first Matrix, the way they depict the future and like technology and all that, it's very retro in a sense. Yeah, that doesn't line up with how things actually progress. It spurred a whole genre of early 2000s movies that are all dated. So by proxy, it became dated, not by its own. So now that now that we now that like we are in the Matrix now (laughs) in real life. Yeah. It's funny. It, it'll be interesting to see like how I mean, it's depicted. They're, I mean, the capabilities that they have are, you know, have never been better. Like, they can do a lot more shit now. Maybe we'll get, we'll get a little cameo from Mr. Elon Musk. Ew. Linking see, us up ew, into the... No. You know, you guys just hang out in the Matrix. Well, meanwhile, I'll be hanging out in the Spider-Verse. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, so look at that. Look at that transition. So you're yeah, hanging out on the good. Sony lot then? Um. So, of course, you know, this big news we're that a little, happened. We're a little removed from this because yeah, this was craziness that happened where the Matrix God news. God that we're past this. <laughs> the Matrix news and the Spidey drama dropped like within a half hour of each other. Yeah, the Matrix Twitter got overshadowed. Up. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone was talking about. Fuck Sony, dude. What do they? What do so they want? Have, money? We have all the neckbeards of uh, of Twitter uniting together um, <laughs> to take down Sony. People saying that they're going to burn their PlayStation on fire because uh, they're angry at just, Sony. Look, Sony so, is a uh, the thing. The difference between Disney and Sony is that Sony is a lot more of a dumb shit company, and th- I think that's why people are upset because there's a lot less trust in Sony making this movie mm-hmm. than Disney. They're still both. You don't want to root for you. Well, so here's the thing, too, I is mean, that at least I, Sony's the underdog. Yeah. The I, scrappy underdog I, is Sony. I don't really, like, I don't give a shit about this story, to be perfectly honest. Like, we had Endgame. I would be fine if Spider Man's just off doing his own things and that, like, we don't have to have Nick Fury pop up in them. Yeah. I just think 
it's fucking hilarious that everybody is like up in arms defending Mr. Iger because like somebody's trying to steal away a piece of IP. Like one of the only things that he doesn't have the property rights to since Disney is just over here, this monolithic company that is eating up all the IP that there is in this world. And Sony's like for Sony that they were like, Hey, this is the highest grossing Sony movie of all time. Far from home. We don't want to just give you a 50-50 split. Like, we want to keep the deal that we had going originally. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so, and Marvel's going to be fine. Yeah, like, they look fine. at all of the shit that we're about to talk about that they announced. I don't at their think that conference. Kevin Feige is like <laughs> distress calling around, driving around Hollywood yeah. trying to get a hold of I, Sony I bet execs. he's. I bet he's pissed because, you know, because nobody stands up well, to him. Because either. he's, well, he's also quite the planner. Like, obviously, mm. he has things planned out very far, and this fucks up a lot. Well, actually, he did put out a little mini statement saying that this was part, kind of part of the plan. I mean, I'm sure that's like PR yeah, spin. Being like, yeah, dude, I wanted but, you to do it. But he. Apparently, they knew that it was a real possibility that this was going to happen, and there were contingencies for it, that that there was a, an expiration on this loan deal that they had struck with Sony for the character. Yeah. So there were there were machinations in place to, to work around that, and part of that is just the fact that they're opening up the floodgates to the characters that they're introducing. That's true. They and, have so many new people coming out that yeah. they can't afford to lose Spidey. And, and Feige is smart enough that he definitely had a plan A, B, C, D, E in order right, in yeah. case something happens. The like, dude he's planning knows, this shit out. This yeah, summer. he's literally the most successful producer ever. Yeah, he's <laughs> so yeah. much more. And, and the other big thing is that if you look at Far From Home, theoretically, th- that movie lives leaves off on a massive, massive cliffhanger. Theoretically, they could still tell that story without tying it into the MCU. Well, is it going to be? It could still happen. Is it going to be like almost a like? How is it going to go down in terms of? He's going to need a lot of help from if they figure them. out a way to address that. Yeah, that's and the to thing. Cut him. There's off. only yeah, one like person that he can call. It's Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tie it into the Venom universe. I mean, they could do a Spider Verse. I, I was going to say they could action. get Miles Morales to come. Sony into the story. produced uh, Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. If they make a, a live-action movie that's anywhere near as good as that. We're fine. We're good. If they make anything that's near that, then that's the best superhero movie. Like, it's yeah. Spider-Verse, I already think, is, if it's not the best, it's in the conversation for, like, top five best superhero movies. Sure. At least in my opinion. Don't, um, don't recast Tom Holland. Yeah, make him play Miles Morales. And <laughs> put on the put on the, the bronzer. Oh God. God, I if anything, I feel polish. bad for Tom Holland because Tom Holland's career is kind of in flux now. I mean, well, they like, so they if have I'm honest, that si- is mostly what I care about. They have him signed on for two more movies. I think. Yeah, is what it's, is it's what's just going on. he like didn't read the fine print says Sony at the top. I and would not Disney. Yeah. I would say the main takeaway here is that the odds of these movies not being good did go up. If Sony is in sole ownership of them, right? They, of the course. odds Sony yeah. has a lower hit rate. Yeah, because Venom, Marvel. Venom's not good. There's Marvel has. I a mean, floor. it's incredible. But Sony, it's bad. Sony's floor is the basement. They've made really horrible movies, but, I but think, they also made Spider. Exactly. I know that's the thing. I think that so maybe the ceiling went higher. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is that there's more fluctuation, more of this whole I, Spider character is in flux, but 
there's a chance that it could be better than any Marvel movie because Marvel movies have a pretty hard ceiling with the exception of something like Endgame that happens to be uh, like surpass expectations. You're looking at like a seven or an eight, like yeah. a six to an eight for pretty much every Marvel mm-hmm. movie at this point. When if I could get like a nine out of nowhere, that would be yeah. awesome. Well, so the thing is what I would say is, hey, hope they get Lord and Miller. But Lord and Miller are on Marvel's side at this point. They are making about a billion dollars to develop everything Marvel's making on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're not in the picture anymore, and they are a large part of why Spider-Verse was good. But as, as things stand right now, the future of the Spider-Man franchise is not going to have anything to do with what Kevin Feige is doing with the we, MCU. We should also say that there is a strong possibility that in like two weeks that they'll go back to the table. That yeah, this is all the, like a do bargaining. Like, they'll that do is, like a yeah. 40 to 60 split instead of 50. That actually, like they'll that. find. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that's the last part of this whole I story. I honestly think that that's probably the most likely thing. Yeah, the last point. thing like, that this would whole story be the was that favorite. it's it's not a, a final thing. Like this they just could They change. walked away from the table. Yeah, like that. That's called making a deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, but also I think Disney got greedy. I think that Sony was like, look, we have the bargaining power. We have the rights to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing is like, we, you know, we can take this way. And Disney's like, you will, will not do that because everyone would hate you. And they're like, well, everyone already hates us. <laughs> well, I mean, Watch Disney's us. been strong arming how many companies and IP creators yeah. at this point like they just got fox yeah. and all these other properties so yeah. there's they're able to strong arm everybody and i mean there's one thing i don't want to be the person who sides with sony in this situation because like i said i don't really care like this is like billionaires fighting over another billion dollars so like it's it's whatever to me but i i do give sony some props for at least like holding on to their idea hell yeah and now that fox is under the disney umbrella Sony's like all we kind of have for something that's different, like big, big budget different. Yeah, yeah, like Universal, that, but they don't movies? have they don't have a, a superhero franchise. That's why they're turning the Fast and Furious. Oh, you into haven't superheroes. seen you haven't seen the clips for Fast Nine. Vin Diesel is now a superhero. <laughs> I mean, Cena. those actually are superheroes. <laughs> yeah, like they, what do they do in those? Fucking but movies? Sony is like, like that's that's the one alternative approach to yeah. this. Thing they're that we they're have. truly uh, Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Disney, on the other hand, they just staged what is essentially like a cult I... meeting at <laughs> D23 to worship at the altar of Walt. This was I did want to say, oh, actually, quickly, because we just said there's no other superior things out there, and we just completely forgot Warner Brothers existed. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we just, I just thought about that. It's like, shit. man, there is still a DC universe, isn't there? <laughs> I mean, I fucking guess. We'll see what happens with that. Wonder Woman 84? Could be, could be good. Hey. So let's get into this uh, rollout. This is a big time. Marvel is just a little piece of this. This is a big time rollout. Um, we, I want to touch on Marvel for sure because they announced some cool stuff. But I want to start off with Star Wars. Drew's favorite series. Yeah. So did you watch the trailer for The Mandalorian? Um, No. I didn't. It looks like Star Wars. It, oh. oh. Yay. Well, I mean, it... Uh, so who knows how this shall be, but like they're trying to compete with Game of Thrones for like we are going to spend a hundred million dollars. Yeah. It on looks each it like, looks like a movie, like it, straight up. It fits in the tone and the visual language of the movies. Yeah, I mean and, you you hit the nail on the head. They're going for that. They're going for the most money spent. Yeah. And uh, uh, the big thing here with Disney Plus is they're releasing episodes weekly. 
So they looked at Game of so Thrones. They looked at how big that shit got. Yeah. And they were like, well, we can't do Netflix binge style. We got to yeah. drop it weekly. That's and the way to do it. Honestly, if I'm guessing, I bet Netflix kind of wishes they could do that. But the the general conceit of Netflix was we don't do that. So yeah. now to go back on it would be tough. They've done it with a couple things. They've done it with like talk shows. Well, yeah, they've like done that. it with not... shows that have to come. They're topical. Yeah. So they have to come out weekly. But yeah. like. Uh, I like w- this idea. It's Johnny Favs, yeah. and it's they got a bunch of cool directors. Uh, like Taika is in uh, at least one episode directing. Yeah, it. I also mean, he plays like a droid. It's fucking. Character. It's heavy hitters across the board. Yeah, here. like they Carl I'm, Weathers yeah. reading Rainbow because this is going to be the most bought. I almost want to say product of next year. Yeah. Like every this year. This year. Oh, yeah, there is November. there is no choice but to buy this. <laughs> like. You know, we'll do a Wabam account. If, we'll share it. Yeah, we got it. If if you want to be like semi plugged into what is topical, this is it. Now you have to have, and there's you know they have the bundle deal where you also get Hulu, mm-hmm. uh, and it ends up being like eleven ninety nine a month, it's, which is yeah, it's Hulu cheap. and ESPN Plus. Yeah, which, which like like I've said before, they are going to jack that price up periodically. Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Starting a few months in, it's going to start being like, oh, it's a dollar more. And then, you know, and, and like, what Netflix. It's Netflix. yeah, exactly. In three years, it's going to be like 25 bucks a month, something like that, I bet. But in the moment, we're all getting this. There's not a question about it. And guess it. what? If, if it's $25 a month, I'm probably we're still going still to have it. still going to have because it. Because of the back catalog that Disney has. That's every, always been the big yeah. plus is every Marvel movie, every Disney movie, which, by the way. Disney Channel Originals? Disney. That's what I'm like stoked for. High School Musical. Oh, we're 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 pivoting. Yeah, oh we're, shit! We're, this we're is the most. Did you guys see the trailer for this? No, oh, no. There's a trailer. Oh, guys, oh, I would no. get mad. Guys, oh, no. you gotta watch the trailer. Let's do a teaser freezer for this. We gotta. You want gotta to pull this up? Uh, yeah, we can All probably right. show. All right, let's do let's it just then. vamp for this a little our, bit here. Yeah, this um, is. Like I'm gonna pull ours. it up because. So, Corner. It's High School Musical colon the musical colon the series, <laughs> yeah. which is you have two colons. So, well, the thing is, like that is a joke in theory. Like that's like a funny title, but I don't like you don't think High School Musical and think like jokes. So it comes across as dumb, like a stupid idea. Also, the poster for it uh, upset me very viscerally. Like it made me angry. Uh, I, these kids. I don't like them. They are. They look like Gen X. Like they look like they watch a lot of memes. Hey, so guess what? Kids who are a generation above us thought the same thing about High School Musical when it came oh, out. Absolutely. So like I'm sure this, that this has a it's huge fine. audience. It's it. The, also, the thing is, like we liked High School Musical because it came out when we were in elementary school. Never like even even later middle schoolers probably thought it wasn't very cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, like and, and it's I mean it's certainly not for high schoolers. <laughs> like cuz then you know that that's not what it's like. All right. We're doing this. Okay. Okay. We're doing a a, a teaser freezer right. live reaction. Sorry if I get puked on your fucking uh, laptop. <laughs> high school musical, the musical, the series coming soon to Disney Plus. Okay, it's still East High. That is a different building. I want to say Is this a uh, silent trailer? The musical. I was shocked, inspired, and triggered as a millennial. Oh my god. Wait, let me let me rewind. Oh my god. Oh, oh, oh. When I heard that Turn the high school where high school musical was shot had never staged a production of high school musical. No. The musical. No. I was shocked, no. inspired, and triggered as a millennial. 
auditions are after school. I've seen the original movie 37 times. No. And the first 15 minutes of both sequels. It would be insane <laughs> to think I might actually have a shot at playing Gabriella. I know no. we're not a couple anymore. It was my idea to take a pause. Hero. I didn't want to take a pause. I can't believe it. She's dating E.J. Haswell. This e. is a nightmare. Hasbro. Okay, theater people. I want to audition for Gabriella. Ryan, right? I think he'd rather play Sharpay. That is so fresh. I'm bummed that we don't have any competition here. She has to see Ryan's me in a whole new light. I'm auditioning for this thing tomorrow, and nothing is going to stop me. The cast list is posted. We have our Gabriella and our Troy. Oh Buckle up, God. Wildcats. It's about to get real. Whoa. I basically have zero chill about this right now. Uh, oh. Oh, oh, yeah. What are you doing here? If you really cared about me, you'd let somebody who wants to play this part play it. You all walked in here as strangers. After today, you're a family. How, how long is this? It's a we can stop. We can stop there. I can't watch anymore. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's a meta show. Yeah. yeah I didn't even well, realize that that was the whole conceit. But isn't that a great concept? Okay. Though? Listen. Here's. It's not going to be good. The idea. I know it, it's not going to be good, but it's a good well, idea. And all, well, here's why it's a good idea. That shifts the demographic. It's no longer for kids like the original was it's for the same people it's that for watch us the original. it's literally for they, us. which is fucking nuts it, yeah that is some bizarre so is it like it's like mockumentary style yeah, it's though like, like fucking that's... american vandal yeah, like what oh. is this it's it's insane uh, and it makes sense like it truly does that you know oh my god they shut here blah 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 uh first of all just make a reality show like, wh why not just make a reality show yeah. about people doing a high school music? I don't know. But second of all, this is Fuller House. <laughs> yeah. It is pandering to the highest degree. It's This is a series that is for the people that, you know, our age that we went to school with who are already married. You know, the ones who got married right out the gate and, like, have kids. Yeah. It's they already them. have, like, a two-year-old. Yeah. And they're, like, showing their little baby, like, hey. And the baby's, like, I'm, I'm looking at, like, existentialist memes, mom. Like, I, this is horrible. This is fucking gauche. Uh, so I know. So we're gonna be doing like a yeah. episode by episode breakdown well, here on the yeah. Pod. Of course we are. Yeah. But okay. Cool. I would like I could run you through a list right now of people that we went to high school with that are super in on this. I guarantee you. You know what I mean? It's just for those people. For it's, sure. It's for the people that stayed in the hometown. Well, I mean, <laughs> maybe that is maybe Disney is taking a page out of Netflix's playbook where they're just like, hey. All of our stuff isn't going to be mass appeal. Like, yeah, we want everyone to watch The Mandalorian. But also, we're going to put out, like, not as many shows as Netflix, but we're going to put out shows that are for each little demographic. Mm -hmm. They're bringing, Cover all the they're bringing back Proud Family. Who even watched Proud oh, Family while it was I on? I did. I loved Proud Family. I mean, I liked it, but that's coming. That's making also, a comeback. Also, like, you're racist. <laughs> yeah. Hillary Duff is coming back oh, as Lizzie McGuire. God. Yeah, I. That's, that's, that's so. Insane. Here's the thing. I mean, this is the, this. We can just say this as a general uh, statement for everything. I'm gonna watch it. Okay, I'm gonna watch it. But. I resent that I'm going to watch it. This is it's going to be quality content for our listeners. I so, just I just have one uh, thing to say to Disney is that bring back Zoe 101, you fucking cowards. They after the not. cliffhanger that, that we were left That was Nickelodeon. On. That was Nickelodeon. Oh, well, <laughs> you, buy buy it. You already bought everything else Disney. Buy Zoe 101. Oh Let me get some Jamie Lynn so in my life. So I I resent this. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I 
am steadfastly the same on about Hilary Duff. I've, I've said this for years. I love Lizzie McGuire. I watched it so much as a kid. She is one of the worst uh, actresses we've, oh, we've, horrible. Ever, we've ever had. Truly terrible. She, they tried to... She uh, has always had the face and everything to, to be like America's little Aryan princess. But she is so truly bad that she could not even sustain a career when the way that she looks did not change even a little bit. You know what I mean? Hey, Usually now. that's what happens with child stars. She aged very gracefully. Like she looks like a, the same as an adult. And she is so bad mm-hmm. at everything. Mm-hmm. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> this is, this what is what dreams are made of. <laughs> She did play two roles at the same time. Hey, um, yeah, she pulled <laughs> she pulled Lindsay Lohan, but worse in every yeah. single way. Yeah, yeah. You know who she isn't, though. Mm. She's no Anna Kendrick. So, as Santa Claus's daughter, is that is that what is going on? <laughs> Do you know what what happens in this movie? Yeah. So, Noel, an original film, isn't that crazy? Mm. A, an, an original story, um, Christmassy movie starring Anna Kendrick and our our boy Bill Hader. Yeah, yeah Bill Hader's in the here. the uh, the little you know undertitle line. What's that called? It's not the log line. It's the, the I don't I don't know the the, the the catchphrase of the movie is tagline. S- tag yeah tagline yeah. saving Christmas together. Oh joy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this was the kind of movie that used to come out in theaters all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, like cheesy Christmas movie for moms. Like, they, they just don't happen anymore. No. You know, fucking um, cats and Star Wars are eating it all up. And it could be good. It could be. It's Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. Yeah. We like them. I am a fan of Anna Kendrick. She's a funny person. She yeah. is very funny. IRL, I, she's funny. It's yeah, confirmed. Her Twitter is funny. funny. Trolls is a good movie. Okay. I'll stand by Trolls. It's, okay. it's, the, it's written and directed by Mark Lawrence. Uh, let's that, see who this person... Oh, uh, a lot of rom-coms. Miss Congeniality. Oh, okay. Music nice. and lyrics. But I'm guessing it falls off when you get more close to the present. Um, yeah, let's see what she's done the last decade Wait, is so. it a, a woman? Uh, it looks... No, that's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who are we to say? to look closely. (laughs) Miss Miss Congeniality is great. Miss Congeniality is a great movie. Uh, Something called The Rewrite came out in 2014. Yeah, so he's... Yeah. um, Music and Lyrics was 07, so that was over a decade ago. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Well, the rom-com has kind of died in general. Exactly. Yeah, that's like a rom-com. But so I can't judge that he yeah. can't make the movie that he wants to make. But, the, you days. know, they paid a rom-com guy. It's going to be a, a Christmas rom-com. It's going to be Merry Christmas. Will there be incest between Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader? Oh, man, I wish. I hope. Oh, uh, Billy Eichner is in this, too. We love him. Yeah. He's going to be in every movie from now on. <laughs> and I'm not even joking. I guarantee it. Yeah. Like, every casting agent is going to be like, book this kid. Well, I mean, yeah. out, coming out of The Lion King, everybody was like, this is a waste of time, but Billy Eichner is great. Yeah, he so. is. Yeah, like Rogan was already on a level. Eichner now is is bankable. Like mm-hmm. he, I love him. Like I, I rode for him hard in like 2017. Yeah. I think Billy on the street. Billy on the street. Yeah, such a good show. Um. All right. Also, there's a Lady in the Tramp movie happening. It hey, looks fine. Hey, hey. It's real Here's dogs. The thing. Um. I'm Justin not. I'm Trudeau? not excited for it, but like the trailer, I was like, all right, that looks solid. I felt better about the trailer for that movie than I did for Dumbo well, or for Aladdin or for anything else. Which maybe it's because I don't have like a ton of nostalgia for Lady and the Tramp. Like Lady and the Tramp, I think is a good movie. I enjoyed it as a kid, but 
I don't have like lasting memories yeah, me of what um, happened. There's it. some racist uh, Asian cats in it. I'm I doubt that those are going that. to happen. Is that this in Lady in the Tramp? Yeah, because oh. yeah. there's also a bunch of racist shit in the Aristocats too. Really? Oh wait, is that is that no, Aristocats? No, I'm sure it's both. <laughs> 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 um, so it's I mean this makes more sense than the Lion King because there are humans involved in Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. So that's good. And, Real um, dogs. At least I'm like you. I'm. I wasn't ever super huge on it. Maybe it'll be good. So it's Trudeau, uh, oh, Tessa Thompson, sexy which Justin I I Trudeau. do like him in that role, dude. He um, looks like he's like a little shaggy. Tessa, yeah. And Tessa Thompson, who I do love, but I'll say what I said on Twitter. A big age gap there. A little weird. Uh, <laughs> B if you want to fix that age gap, Maggie Gyllenhaal was born to play uh, an unassuming, like unconfident yes. but attractive cocker spaniel. Yes, because that's what she is. I'm gonna talk about the Deuce in uh, a minute. Uh, uh, she's so she good, amazing. She's fucking, she could get an Emmy for the Deuce. Okay, last thing, Marvel spewed more jizz over everyone again. Yeah, once again, <laughs> we're not worried about Spider Man. <laughs> they got She Hulk. Three more Disney Plus shows, which at this point I'm just like, holy fuck! There's no way I'm gonna be able to watch all this shit. I'm gonna have to pick and choose. It's like. Six, seven, eight shows? Yeah, like, are you going to watch The Mandalorian or are you going to watch Noelle? We know the answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> She-Hulk, um, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel. Okay, so, so I had to look up what Moon Knight was because I've like never heard of that in my life. schizophrenic daredevil. So, yeah, kinda. it's, it's from, what I heard, from what I learned in my, like, 30-second Wikipedia look, his abilities change depending on the lunar cycle. Okay. <laughs> it's some, like heavily coked up 80s <laughs> comic book shit I mean, where they're like, go well, we got it. a guy who's super strong. We got a guy who does webs. Let's have a guy who does fucking everything, but it depends on the moon, man. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Fucking um, go for it. So, yeah, I don't want to comment too hard on any of these because they are heavily comic book oriented. Yeah, the and fact that we're getting a She-Hulk show, yeah, that exactly. is nuts. Like, I realized, because the poster came out for WandaVision, and it actually piqued my interest. Yeah, we got to talk about and this. And I ended up realizing, like, I probably shouldn't be talking about any of this shit because I don't know what it's based on. And, like, just the name WandaVision, I was like, lol, this is going to be <laughs> awful. But then I was like, what if it's the best comic ever, and I just well, don't know. Well, it seems like the more kind of out there of all of these because it's pulling from a recent run um of the i think it's just called vision um or the vision the comic book and it's in that book the vision is just like a suburban family man and that's the book there's no crazy <laughs> yeah, superhero but it's shit. very dark from what harry yeah in the pod said mm -hmm. in the, Friends so, of the pod chat yeah and in this in this uh show uh, because of the events of Infinity War, the Vision's dead. So it's gonna be some WandaVision type shit. Some that, this has gotta be some kind of Wanda analysis. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be the title of it. Yeah, it's um, gonna be weird. Yeah, I what it looks like. It's like a Brady Bunch style sitcom based on the poster. Well, for that's this thing. the that's the uh, you know the iron the dark irony. That's what I. That's what it appears as, but it's way darker. It kinda, well, I kind of want it to be like a laugh track '90s sitcom, <laughs> but then just have like some really dark shit. Like suddenly, like the musical get dark yeah. or something. It's like really. That. It's like a new. It's even like Leave It to Beaver. It's like a '50s style. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it nuclear family. It almost stuff. gave me vibes of. Have you ever? Have you guys ever seen the movie Pleasantville? With no. Tobey Maguire. 
I oh no, it. I have seen some f- some of it. It's um, so it's a good movie, but nobody ever talks about it. It's like it. mostly in black and white. Yeah, yeah. It's like about a guy who gets sucked into an old TV show. Yeah, and he's like walking around in like 1950s black and white world, but he has to introduce color into their lives and like the way they shoot it is great because the way the color spreads yeah. into the black That's, and white I've world. seen clips of that because the visual effects are very good yeah I think I actually think the VFX guys talked about it um, yeah the, on yeah. YouTube exactly all right listen I watched a YouTube video okay I didn't see part of a movie I watched any video. last thoughts on all this insanity from d23 I want to re- reiterate my point about the fact that there's a fucking convention around disney it's scary it's so weird i mean so weird that it's like our culture like collects around like this corporate convention what is what's truly the most upsetting about it is that they deliver yeah like it's not like it's not like they call it and they just have no clue what they're doing because they're a big dumb corporation like they're sly and they they delivered something for anyone to be excited about myself included and i the biggest thing, I'm scared. I, yeah, it is scary because like the biggest thing that I keep thinking about is like they target like children, like they 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 place themselves at this like family oriented brand, and what happens is like you grow up loving Disney as a child, and then you become an adult, and they make things to keep make you keep loving Disney. And that's some fucking cultish shit. Yeah, we're in, like, an abusive relationship with our <laughs> Disney overlords. Because, like, the Marvel movies, they're essentially, like, kids' movies for grown-ups. That's what they are. Yeah. Or for kids. Or we're for like, kids, or yeah. it's Or it's, like, if you're a 13-year-old boy once and you never stop being a 13-year-old yeah. boy. Some some dark shit. Um so I'm we're excited. We're stoked. <laughs> we're stoked. We're gonna we're gonna pay. Yeah. So now ketchup. I, I, we're excited I, for I see the... a shocking amount of ketchup for the amount of time we have. Uh I'm gonna fly through mine. Okay. Because so, I really I really mostly want to know about this vampire weekend show you went to. Yeah, I'm gonna start off with Me that. and Hunter were too hungover to go. You guys missed out. <laughs> this show was fucking spectacular. Vampire weekend. Live on tour for Father of the Bride. My God, what a show. I paid 90 bucks for it, worth mm. every penny. Yeah, well, the other thing is me and Hunter, we're going to pay like 25 to be like a mile Still, away. S- no, actually, the way that specific venue was built, you would have been totally fine. God, don't say that. Don't you, tell me that. I'm serious. I looked at the set list this morning, was immediately No, I'm not even going to look at it. Oh, I'm, I'm upset. I watched your snaps. I was like, fuck. Such a good blend of deep cuts mm. and newer tracks and jams right okay yeah they jam on a lot of songs but the new songs in particular they went yeah in well on. that that fits with like what he's said about the album which is he wanted to get back to jamming like Dude. he wanted to make music for jamming okay listeners and you guys look go on instagram do hashtag uh <laughs> vampire weekend and look up videos of people Hunter. Hunter's farting. <laughs> Sorry, I had two on flats on the way here. <laughs> you drank a lot of milk when you came in. Anyway, look up the <laughs> look up the live rendition of Sunflower. Holy uh. fuck, dude. The new guitarist shreds. Yeah. Absolutely shreds. Yeah, fuck insanely. off Rostam. We don't need you. <laughs> I've I've listened to a couple pods with the new guitarist and he seems like a really like spacey dude, a really yeah. funny guy. Yeah. But then 
incredibly yeah, talented. But then Ezra's always like, dude, you're insane. You don't even know it. Well, another, <laughs> if you're, since you brought up Sunflower, I'll say they did a BBC radio show where whenever they do radio shows on BBC, they have a band come in, they do a cover of another song. So they covered. Uh, Sunflower Post by Post Malone Swally, yeah. but the way that they blended it with their song the Sunflower, that riff and like yeah. unite that is so fucking cool. Yeah, but the the live rendition itself is a whole nother beast. Like just these long extended jams, so fucking incredible. I'm I was upset. blown away. And another few highlights from the set list: um, Jerusalem, New York, Berlin. Mm. The jam on that is absolutely great we got a little sneak peek of that when they played fallon mm-hmm. uh but on the tour it was just like well, oh, to another level did um did ezra sing both parts they have a a female oh. um like backup singer slash piano player awesome just the the layout of the band itself was great because they have this this huge like earth globe like inflatable yeah, that earth behind so them with lights all around it and then ezra's like in the middle and then behind him, there's like a drummer and like another drummer that does additional percussion. Yeah, and then a, they do it. Yeah, they have so much percussion. Yeah, then two keyboardists and then the guitarist and the bassist. So oh. kind of symmetrical setup. Um, yeah, just so many deep cuts like M seventy nine, Boston. Oh, I love M seventy nine. Um, uh, okay, I gotta mention <laughs> they did a punk. And this dude uh, was holding up a sign that said, I can play can, A-Punk. Can I play the drums for A-Punk or some no, shit? No, he played the fucking guitar. They brought him up, and he played the fucking guitar. He was so nervous. He was, like, shaking. Yeah. And he started playing it, and he fucked up oh. <laughs> immediately. Oh. And he was like, oh, I got this. I got this. Then he went in and started playing, and I could hear, like, a few wrong notes oh, yeah. in there. Yeah, the <laughs> same. I mean, this is becoming a very common thing because it, it goes viral a lot of the time. Uh, so bands like doing it, but I, the Killers did that. They let yeah. a kid play the drums for for reasons unknown, and I had to just turn off the drummer part of me that was like, "Dude, you're fucking you're rushing, fucking up, yeah. fucking up." Um, uh, it was just an enjoyable moment, though. Yeah, they took suggestions. So uh, someone suggested the kids don't stand a chance. Somebody else oh, suggested nice. Hannah Hunt. Um, I was hoping that they would play some of my favorite songs, like Holiday. Or, oh, they didn't uh, play holiday. Yeah, they didn't play holiday. That's kind of weird. That's one of their well, bigger. It's because they they had a f- like a sharp stop playing cutoff at ten o'clock. Uh, so if yeah. they didn't have that, the set would have been, been way longer. They, I mean, they still played twenty four songs. Wow, yeah, that's still, still fat God, set list. dude. Uh, and yeah, just all these tracks from the new album that become something else entirely in a live setting, like twenty twenty one, Bambina, uh, unbearably white. This life, Harmony Hall, like they all just mm-hmm. like take on a new life. Um, the last thing I'll mention that I thought was neat, they did a cover of that Ezra Cohen collab he did with Subtract, uh, New oh. Drop, New York. Yeah, New Dorp, New York. Oh, Fucking, New Dorp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New yeah. Dorp, New York. So good. That song. So fucking good. Oh, so just please go on YouTube, look up videos of people uh, at this tour because unbelievably good so fucking good all right a uh, couple quick things i want to talk about the deuce ready for season three starts next week i finished uh season two it's been a journey getting through these two seasons these are meaty meaty meals. dense show yeah uh but it's this show is like nearly perfect it, I yeah mean, truly it's incredible it's <laughs> intricately plotted directed and edited acting 
yeah. Oh I my mean, God. okay. Maggie Gyllenhaal alone gives. I, like, I have never seen. I've only seen a few episodes with her heavily featured. Such a magnetic it's performance. It's literally Emmy worthy every yeah. time. She needs to win something uh, for this upcoming season if if she's still knocking it out of the park, which I'm sure yeah. she does. And she's she's gotten such a shitty end of the stick being a woman. Yeah. In like the early 2000s. She's like tall and like unconventionally. Yeah. Beautiful. People are just like, oh, she looks weird. Yeah. It's like she's so good at acting. She's so talented. Yeah. And her her <laughs> character is incredible because she goes from like this prostitute to this uh director of porno yeah insane arc it's so cool um also our girl emily mead from the leftovers Leftovers. Mm. gives an outstanding performance as a woman who has been broken by Mm -hmm. her pimp like she's just been gaslighted to to near death and seeing her break out of that and leave that horrible life behind and, and embrace her newfound life as a porn actress is woo, mm. insanely good. Don't don't uh, spoil too much. Um, I'm not far enough. Oh yeah, it's, I didn't want to give away too many too many plot points. My bad. But uh, another uh, cool thing is they had pretty much all female directors for almost every episode, which I found really cool because. It adds to the theme of the show about like women in really dire situations finding ways to to overcome them yeah. and and make something truly of, of yeah. their own. That's it also might be a little bit of a makeup call from the Franco situation. <sighs> yeah. He's still on the show. People just don't talk about that anymore, really. Because yeah. uh, much worse things came out, but like that's rough what he did. That's mm-hmm. not yeah. okay. It was pretty, pretty bad. Bold bold statement. I don't think that's okay. <laughs> um and I mean all the other themes of like sexuality and and you know the the links between prostitution and, and the porn industry are so good and and just it's such a detailed show i i can't recommend it enough i'm so excited for season 3 uh it starts next week the deuce hbo all right glow <laughs> finished season 3 uh on netflix guys this show is as astonishing like if you ever get a chance to see this please do please please do i I know there's so much TV to watch, but if you ever like feel like eh, I might, I might mm. give it a shot. I'm watching, please, I'm watching Burn Notice. Please <laughs> do because it is so good. It's able to balance so many different characters, and it, that's a feat in and of itself. Like just such a, a sprawling cast, you can actually like get into all of these different storylines. Amazing performances. Again, uh, kind of like the deuce, like themes of sexuality, mm. but also identity, uh, health, too. You know, people like getting beat up after doing so many repeated wrestling shows. Also, Mark Marin is like smoking himself, smoking cigarettes to death. A star so turn for Mark Marin. He's really good in this, dude. He's like he plays like a reluctant father really well. Just like this exasperated guy. Yeah, his whole personality is reluctant yeah. to be here. Yeah, and in season four, I'm hoping uh, that they get into this movie that he's making. He's like gonna his character's gonna direct a movie. So we're kind of moving away from wrestling as the show goes on. Um, but yeah, oh. I had to bring up because we are a Halt and Catch Fire Stan podcast. Mm. Toby Huss hey. has a little oh my arc God, Toby. in this new season. We love him. He's so good. We love him. He's also we should have mentioned last week with Scooby Doo that Matthew Lillard is also a Halt alum. Um but that uh, is true. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But dude, Toby Huss, who's like a main guy on Halt, 
he's in this show for just a, a little bit and he makes such a good impression just such an endearing performance he's like a gentleman but with a little bit of an edge mm-hmm. uh so good um yeah i don't i don't know what else to say about this show it's great if you watch it you'll like it last thing i have on here is apocalypse now the final cut yes in so i we had to cut the as soon as we finished up the podcast last week i went and saw this while it was in theaters first time ever seen well i mean the first time now that's actually been released the final cut yeah yeah so this movie it it had its theatrical run 40 years ago and then around maybe 20 years ago they released the redux cut mm-hmm. that was like really really long and now this this version's basically the redux but cut down a little bit mm-hmm. And this movie is insane. Yeah, like, this is the first time that I'd ever seen Apocalypse Now, and seeing it in theaters was dude, a just, fucking experience. It is it's it's, so much. It's, it's overwhelming. Lot. It was like I really had to sit there and think about because this movie is it's very seventies in that like it is it's very slow and like deliberate with the pacing of the movie and how it unfurls into pure chaos. Like this yeah. is probably the most anti capitalist movie ever made. Yeah. Like, this is very, very uh, bad looks for America as a whole. (laughs) It it really ties into, like, how insane people were driven by that war. Um, And by war in general, you know, just the madness of it all. The the horror. The horror. The horror. Yeah. No, and the fucking cast is unbelievable. Of course, like, Martin Sheen is the star. Mm -hmm. But Marlon Brando, you don't even meet until, like, the last 40 minutes of the movie. And, like, you cannot look away from the screen as soon as they... they Robert Duvall, dude. Robert Duvall is... Man, Robert Duvall just, and he's only in, like, what, like, 20 minutes of the movie, 30 minutes of the movie? There's some of my favorite stuff. steals the movie away. Dude. There's just, like, bombing this beach, and he's just like, I want to see somebody out there surfing! Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because there's a guy on on the team who's, like, a famous surfer, and he's a fan of him. Uh, The biggest thing I wanted to shout out about this movie is, like, Francis Ford Coppola made this in the Philippines and there's famously like a documentary about the the impossibility that was making this movie. Like the fact that this movie even exists and is finished and out is a miracle Mm. because so many things went wrong when they were making it went way over budget over schedule. But when you're seeing what's on screen. It you can't like so much about it it broke my brain a little bit because it, it, think about it, like the Robert Duvall stuff with all the helicopters. It's like, those are real helicopters, like 12 <laughs> helicopters flying and landing all around this beach with crazy and doing like pir- pyrotechnics so many takes of this. Yeah. And Francis Ford Coppola was like adamant. There's, he was like for this, this whole sequence, this while we're here on this beach, I want a helicopter in every single shot. Yeah. And it's like, now that would all be CGI in front of a green screen. Yeah, like all of it. And also, helicopters in the sky look great CGI. Like you can't tell exactly. So they it, get that they they know how to get that perfectly. Yeah, but accurate. back then there was not a real choice. Dude, <laughs> I I was just fucking flabbergasted by some of these sequences where it's like a, a helicopter just like landing in a war zone and like. The camera is moving around this beach, and there's so many extras on the beach just 
recreating this insanity of war and really making you think like when when we we're in vietnam like there was no plan there was no idea of no, like, we were like any... we're just imperialism let's just go yeah, this just, is our country now. america murder you gotta everyone. figure out what to do <laughs> yet all summer in america figure out what to do in vietnam uh, there's a couple of things about the final cut that are like kind of weird. There's an extended sequence on this like plantation, this French plantation that is, oh, is not, that in, not the original... in the original. No, I that did kind of seem like it was added stuff. Yeah. It was more so just there to like look at the different ideals of people that are just like it, the whole American mantra was just like we're in there do a job and then we get out and go home but then just seeing these other people who had the same idea that we're going to come here and they're like oh no we're just going to live here now yeah. like this is our country yeah um i think that one of my favorite parts i can't say it's my favorite but the very opening of this movie yeah. when we see martin sheen there and he's just so ptsd'd out that like he cannot room. he cannot cope in a normal environment anymore like it's so sad to watch this see he is just like looking at himself and like laughing hysterically and punches a mirror and like bleeding you're everywhere. like oh this person's insane already and he's about to go back also, out to war also just the fact that the movie there's no like uh, studio logos or anything. It's just black screen, and you hear the helicopter rotors, yeah. and then the movie just starts, and that you're in. There's no opening credits or anything for three hours. You're just in. It's it's a, it was a three hour movie, right? Yeah, like three right around hour there. fifteen or something oh, like that. that three ten, something like that with the cut. But yeah, amazing. Great Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford heat check yeah. performance in like one scene of this movie. Yeah, I had no idea that Harrison Ford was. I was just like that, two like, years after Harrison Star Ford. Wars. My God, yeah, like, and they just called him up and they're like, "Hey, Han Solo, do you want to be in one scene of a Francis Ford Coppola movie?" <laughs> He's like, "Okay, yeah, sure." I I can't recommend this movie enough. It's it's obviously like a very violent, gargantuan, fucking crazy ass movie, but. It's, without a doubt, one of the greatest films of all time. Like, Coppola, the dude made The Godfather. Like, he's a master. He knows what And then doing. this is just an added bonus to, to give us in the, the pantheon of film. So, Apocalypse Now. Check it out. Hopefully, on the big screen. Like yeah. we did. Yeah. If you ever see get a it chance. Not, if you have a chance to see it yeah. in IMAX. My God. Just yeah. the sounds is, are amazing. Um, so, I'll uh, run through this one pretty quickly. Um Something that uh, was just as depressing and dark, uh, but only for my own sanity. Um, I watched the new Hulu documentary, The Amazing Jonathan. You guys are familiar with The Amazing Jonathan? No idea. Jonathan? Yes. No. So The Amazing Jonathan, he was a magician. He did like a big Comedy Central special back in like the mid-early 2000s. Like probably one of the most famous magicians that there are because he was also a comedian and he actually had like good stage presence which most magicians it's either you're a good magician or you're a funny comedian so it's kind of hard to get both so amazing jonathan was a big deal whenever he came out i was never a big amazing jonathan fan i vaguely remember him but yes this movie got some buzz uh whenever it was released at sundance or something like wherever it was released at started to get a little bit of buzz because it was, as they said, um, a documentary to subvert your expectations. So whenever I heard about that, my first thought was tickled. Yeah. One of my favorite documentaries, so the recent memory, um, highly, highly recommend tickled. 
uh, if you can find it. I think it's on HBO or something. I'm not I sure. Th- exactly, it it was for a while. I'm not sure. I'm exactly still like where it is, almost but... scared to watch Tickled. You you've never seen Tickled? <laughs> no. It's incredible. I'm Highly scared. recommend that. So instead, with the amazing Jonathan, what we got, I I I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> like I hated this movie so much. Um. I'm gonna. Do you guys mind if I spoil? Yeah, I mean, this probably won't watch it if you movie hated goes. It. I'm gonna warn listeners now. I'm gonna go into light spoilers on this thing. Now at this point, there's kind of buzz about it, so you might know already some of the spoilers. So this movie, this documentary starts out, and it looks like it's gonna be a sh- very straightforward documentary, and then suddenly you realize at about the 30 minute mark that Jonathan has another documentary crew that's making this that he didn't tell the first documentary crew about. So there's a second doc. And then you find out there's a third documentary and a fourth documentary that's all happening at the same time. And you're like, oh, Jonathan's fucking with this guy. Okay, yeah. like this is going to be a cool thing. So the filmmaker of uh, this movie, I want to pull up his name um, here, the documentarian. His name is Ben Burnham, Berman. So instead of focusing on like, hey, what can I do? I have to make sure there's other people making documentaries about this. I'm going to make the best documentary I can. Instead, he decides, I have to put my own like special twist on this. I don't need to tell a story about Jonathan. I need to tell a story about myself mm. in making this movie. Always a great move. Um, yeah, anytime that a documentary is about the person who's the least interesting to the story, it's a bad movie. Um, he, At one point, he smokes meth on camera to try and help him stand out as being like, well, I'm going to smoke Jeez. meth on camera to make it special. This movie is so fucking pretentious and self-serving, and it makes you think that I care about him. I don't I don't know Ben Berman. Maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. But, like, everything about this movie comes across as very entitled. He's just like, you didn't tell me that you were making other documentaries with other people. So I have my feelings hurt, and now I don't think that you actually have terminal cancer because I think you're a liar. Yeah, he says that to Jonathan at one point. Mm. Um, trying to make this trying to make himself stand out when in reality Jonathan doesn't owe him fucking anything Jonathan can do whatever he wants he's a famous person he can have multiple people making documentaries about him at the same time um yeah I I hated this movie I think that this is the worst movie I've seen this year whoa I think that this Damn. is worse than Velvet Buzzsaw whoa. this movie created a visceral reaction to me it took me like a couple of days I'm kind of <laughs> sad that I brought it up now because now I'm gonna start <laughs> thinking about it again all the things that I hate about this movie um yeah, I, I don't even want to get into more specifics in well, case somebody like the, is going to see it. Well, it sounds like the next thing that you're going to talk about is a little bit of a pick-me-up, huh? Yeah, so I <laughs> I needed a break after watching something that just made me feel so gross. So I went and saw The Nightingale. Mm. Um, not a great move on my part. Um, Should have looked at I thought The Nightingale was the goldfinch. Uh, turns out, completely different movie. Um, <laughs> different bird. Yeah. Harry, friend of the pod, yeah. Harry, actually thought that The Goldfinch <laughs> and The Nightingale were the same so, movie. So I went and I saw The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a theater. I don't know why. Um, so, uh, The Nightingale. Um, this is the new movie from Jennifer Kent, who made uh, The Babadook. Um, have you guys seen The Babadook? Still haven't seen it. No. I... I really recommend The Babadook. I think it's one of the best horror movies of the decade. Is um, that how you say it? Babadook. The, the Babadook. 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 The Babadook. Babadook. Uh, yeah. Uh, Babadook is a, it's a great movie. Just I 
will say I hate the ending of this movie. Mm. I re- the ending really bugged me. I won't spoil it because I think the rest of the movie is so worthwhile for it because Jennifer Kent with this first movie and now with the Nightingale shows this real ability to film um loss and grief in a very visceral and affecting way. Um, in the Babadook, the monsters are kind of a manifestation of this grief that she's feeling. Um, this movie, it came out with a bit of controversy because there are multiple rape scenes. Oh, boy. Um, I will say um, they are... There's one scene in particular that is truly haunting. Um, it's It's really, really just brought me down and like made me I had to kind of like almost close my eyes at some point but it is shot in a way that's different because it's shot from a woman's perspective there's no nudity in these rape scenes um she tries to make them with a little bit of class I do think that there was probably like one rape scene too many like if you just show me one horrible rape scene then that's okay this is all in the beginning of the movie and then this movie kind of becomes a revenge story but I really, I was thinking about while I was watching this movie, and the main movie that I would compare this to is The Revenant. Hmm. Um, The Revenant, where not only does it have a little bit of a similar aesthetic, this movie, I'll say it's a period piece, takes place in like 1820s, like early 1800s era of Australia, where there was British imperialism into uh, Australia. And uh, not a great look for the Brits, um, I will say. (laughs) Um, but it's all shot in this very wilderness and it's kind of a unique look because whenever you think of Australia, you don't think like heavy woods. You think like the desert, mm-hmm. like where there are kangaroos and big, shit. Big rock. Um, yeah. <laughs> big red rock. <laughs> you think Sydney. It's a big place. I mean, it's a, it's one of the most, it's one of the most diverse continents in the world with just, it has every kind of ecosystem going on there. But anyways, um, there is, uh, a lot to be taken in from the beautiful aesthetic that's there. Uh, they did shoot this, um, not four by three. I'm blanking on the 1.3, like the square aspect ratio. Mm. Um, wow. So it does have the effect of making you not, that you focus on the characters and not on the landscape, where The Revenant is more of a piece about, like, look at all of this. It's kind of like um, a, a ghost story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Without the bubble screen, it's, gotcha. yeah, it's the, but it does have that same kind of effect where it feels very personal while was you're going first through this. Reformed was like that too, right? I believe. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. I believe so. So, yeah. so um, where'd you end up on it? Um, I'm still trying to sort out all my feelings, particularly towards the ending. I don't think that the ending really worked for me. Which again, yeah. I, I hopefully that's not a pattern in her movie. I mean, it does. It definitely subverts expectations. Whenever you think of a revenge story one you think of a man (laughs) and two you think if it's a female lead you're thinking kill bill you're thinking like that kind of aesthetic there's nothing gratifying about the revenge Mm -hmm. that happens in this movie like it's that's how revenge typically yeah exactly like it's Mm -hmm. doesn't actually make you feel better there's a there's a number of nightmare sequences that happen in this movie that are just amazingly shot i think that there's a couple too many um mm. i will say this movie is like two and a half hours long oh could've it's like er, i think it's two hours 20 okay i think that wow. it could have been two hours it, it has a lot of the problems i had with the revenant though and it kind of becomes a little bit of a buddy journey story with an indigenous person 
kind of like The yeah. Revenant. Bears, Bears Definitely, are not I haven't people. heard. I haven't. <laughs> have you seen The Revenant? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Does he fuck that bear? I I I like this movie more than The Revenant. I will say I was never really high on The Revenant. I, this movie, it 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 it's fatty, but. I think I was intrigued enough by the emotional core that it carried me on through the movie. I would, excuse me, I would recommend this movie, but be prepared for what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend it, if nothing else, because this is a wholly original movie, and I can't say that I've ever seen anything quite True like that. this. So, yeah. Support Jennifer Kent. Um, we stand. Yeah. All right, we're, we're almost out of time. So. Um, oh, this is real quick. I just wanted to plug this mostly, you guys. I watched the first episode of The Righteous Gemstones. HBO. Very excited for Good this. Good show. John Goodman, Adam Devine, Danny McBride. Um, the Walton guy, Goggins. W- yeah. Is he in it? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. he is. Oh, shit. Yeah, he is. I forgot that he was. <laughs> did you see the you show or no? You watched it. We did not watch it. Um, <laughs> the guy who uh, shot uh, Halloween... The Halloween reboot. Oh, also uh, in the Rob David Zombie. Camp. <laughs> David, Gor- David, David Gordon, Gordon Green. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know he's involved in the show. He didn't direct the first. I think the first episode is directed by Danny McBride. But I wanted to plug that to you guys. Check that out. Um, it's it's a funny show. Just anything with John Goodman. Just sign me up. Mm-hmm. Roseanne. I mean, the, su- the subject matter check. is is pretty interesting. It's very like, interesting. Well, I did want to like say super super mega church guy. It's a it's about a mega church. Um, but this is less of an indictment on religion, and it's more so about mega churches because I think that is kind of a tricky line to walk sometimes with something like this, mm-hmm. where you're like. I don't want to ostracize people who are Christian. No, it's, it's just not the about way that. that they're going about it. It's about it. megachurches yeah. in general because megachurches are a fucking scam. And it's almost like and this. And they're not godly. In a way, it's kind of like uh, the first episode gave me succession vibes where it's like, oh, these are all bad people, but I still want to see where the show goes. Dope. That's like HBO's tagline. Yeah, I, I'm into that. <laughs> I'm, give me more of that. All right. all right. Well, that's The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. And we are bought a mic bye (laughs) uh make sure you listen to our retcon episode and hit us up on the tweeters if you have any comments or questions or concerns or anything you want to talk to us about if you just want to talk please if you're just like lonely oh one thing i I keep meaning i keep meaning to plug every week and i always forget is I made a playlist on Spotify inspired by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood called Once Upon a Time in 1969 mm. of all 1960s tracks. Great Ooh, decade Mo- yeah. for music. Uh, mostly songs from the film, but a lot of them not. Mm. Uh, just kind of that general vibe. Is it all like American, or did you throw like some Beatles era There's stuff, one Beatles song stuff. and one Rolling Stones song. Okay. Uh, and I think most of it is American. I'd have to I'd have to double check that, but yeah, into it. Uh, check it out. All those links are below. What What do you guys want to plug? Uh, nothing. Twitter. Um, Twitter. Letterbox. All right. Hunt Mobley. Thanks for listening. Uh, stick around. September got lots of goodies. Got it. Chapter two. Um, also, maybe some more fun segments. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, thanks for listening. We love you. Bye bye. Bye. Standing in the garden